Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Joined as, as mostly, as usual, uh, Eric Bimefor from Spike Week, spikeweek.com. Basketball's coming up uh, this, this past uh, NFL slate. Uh, could it be summed up as uh, Chalk Smash, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk smash, half your lineup probably got injured. Uh, so let's just move it on to the to the next week. That's pretty much what it was for me. It was, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know how you how you can win. I mean, I'm sure there's other people uh, that are disagree with me, but it, it was a very tough slate to win, I think. Um, so I don't, it's one of those you kind of look back and really almost no matter what I would have done, it didn't really matter. So uh, I'm actually not too, up, not too upset. It's the rare losing week where it's like, meh. Shit happens and 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 you move on and uh, I guess maybe now I'm looking forward to NBA more because because of a, a, a losing slate and I think I'm I think I'm one for five on winning slates on the year so that's a it's a rough start but that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, but you must have did well in cash games. I mean, anytime the truck smashes this hard, I mean, you, I mean, I I I did fine on on I I mean, I I made it's almost it's almost laughable. Uh, I made seven hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, on like sixteen thousand dollars of volume. So I mean, like, right. like it's like, oh, seven hundred bucks. That isn't that bad. It's like four percent of. I mean, which is fine. Hey, that's perfect. That's the reason why I play cash games. It's like didn't do, uh-huh. you know, GPPs lost, but cash games, FanDuel, multiple. I'm because I'm playing tiers. I'm. It's not just one slate. And mm-hmm. uh, I would have made more if Daniel Jones didn't get a concussion. Because I had That's him in my cash lineup. We, uh, Eric, we colluded without colluding. Uh-huh. Don't right. let the people know, but we 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 didn't even talk to each other. <laughs> we, we record a pod, podcast on Mondays or Tuesdays, and then we almost don't talk to each other the rest of the week, and we ended up on the same cash team. So for the for the collusion uh, seekers, we were we were guilty last week. Right, but I mean, like on those weeks, like I don't mind because most likely, like if the if all the chalk smashes, like my 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 I'm. Especially in NFL, because people make enough mistakes. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, like, on DraftKings, in the $5 massive double-up, which is single entry, uh, Madison was only 42% owned. Yeah, I mean... Adams was only <laughs> 36% owned. Like, I mean, like, had... Like, how do you not play these? I mean, in the $100 double-up, Madison was 77% owned, and Adams was 67% owned. So that shows, like, the lower stakes you go, you're gonna find, you're gonna find people. I was playing head to head. I mean, I, I, I scored 171. Like, essentially, my lineups would have been better if I played the Lance Fournette version of my lineup. Yep. Like, it, there was a, it was all a three v three type of like, essentially in yep. in cash games. Uh, uh, although Ben the Better may not know like exactly <laughs> how this works in cash games. Uh, like to me in cash games, you plugged in Madison, you plugged in Henry, you plugged in Devontae Adams, you plugged in either the Washington or the Eagles defense, which is there's a 100 difference. And mm-hmm. then and then you plugged in either Ricky Seals Jones or Evan Ingram in your tight yep. end spot. Then you uh you played at least one of the four forty eight hundred. Like you played Waddle, Chenault, Higgins. You could even get away with Antonio Brown, which would have been even great, but. Yeah. Was, he was a much higher variance play, but I get it. You were playing either Lance, Jones, or Prescott in your quarterback spot, depending if you were going up or down. Uh, you were playing, uh, you could have played Tony if you were playing a certain build. You And in the flex mm-hmm. spot, you're playing Damien Williams or Fournette, right? So you're playing three running yep. backs, or you could play You could play four wide receivers if one of them is a 48. Like, I'd still much rather play Fournette over any of those 5K wide receivers. Agreed. And like, dude, that's your cash. Like that's, that's cat. Like, there you go. Like there's only a small yeah. pool and it just depends on, did you play Waddle or Chenault in that, in the lineup that we both had or yeah, it was Damien, Damien versus Fournette, which then in turn, what changed your tight end decision. Um, and in turn, like you said, then the, the kind of the wide receiver three position. Right. Was, or or, Lan- were, or like, if you played Lance over Jones, Lance, Lance right. Jones, that $300 yeah, difference. So you're yep. playing Lance, Engram, you know, some some type of combination like that. 
Yeah, or are you playing CD Lamb? If you're not right? playing, because there were some constructions where you're not playing CD Lamb and you're playing two, you're playing like Waddle Higgins, Waddle yeah. Chenault together. Yeah. Like all these combinations, if you go into like the massive like $250 double up, like you'll find like all the sharp, like if you go to the sharp players, you'll find these, like whatever we're talking about, like I saw that every lineup that I considered, I saw like, mm-hmm. and typically duped 10, yeah. 20 times. I mean, like, multiple people i look and i go okay who are the sharp cash players that you know i typically avoid in head-to-heads and i go look and i go who, what did they go oh they played that lineup oh they played this line like i played this type of they and i'm duped you know 10 times also because i'm playing mm-hmm. this version of that so like like these are the types of weeks that for like cash games to me were like the easiest yeah because other than those like very minute things like once you plug in henry adams and madison like there's only so many directions you could go. I mean, I mean, you're paying up at 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 nine nine k running back and an eighty two hundred dollar wide receiver. Like there's not there's not many not many ways. Actually, before the before the Madison news, I was playing Tony uh, in my lineup. I was pl- I was playing uh, my my before eleven thirty. My lineup would have been uh, Lance Henry, I believe Lance Henry uh, Fournette. And then I yeah. play Adams, Lamb, Chenault, Tony, Engram, Eagles defense. So, so, some type of line where where it's a four wide receiver lineup, uh, like that. Uh, and that would that would have been beautiful if I would have. <laughs> it, it would have been beautiful, but I wouldn't have had Madison. I mean, like you still needed to play right. Madison. Uh, yeah. But I mean, this is not really a cash game show. But just to show just to show you that like cash games are not like. Like they're not difficult. Like, like no. you, you could just you know run lineup projections and like if you're not on that type of three v three, then you're you're pretty much not playing sharply. But in the single entry stuff, I chose Eric. I don't know what you did, but I played I played seven lineups. I didn't try to make like twenty five different single entry lineups. I just played seven. So I played the double spy, which is a small. That's like eight hundred thirty three people. So it's, it's a little yep. bit closer. Uh, the spy, the game changer, stuff like that. I decided, uh, number one, that in all of my s- seven single entries, three max lineups, I played Alexander Madison. Like all, just, I just locked him in. There's no yep. point. He was the second highest rejected. He was the second highest rejected running back and the third highest rejected player overall, non-quarterback <laughs> on the slate. And he was 5,500. So he's $2,500 underpriced. Jam him in. I don't care what his... It, the, what I thought was, at worst, he'd be efficiently owned, and at best, he'd be under-owned, being that the mm-hmm. news only came out 90 minutes before lock. So it's like, I don't consider, like, is he going to be over-owned? I, I don't think, I don't, what, is, what is his over-owned level? At 80%? I mean, what is it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I said like more likely it comes Five or something. <laughs> right. So to me, that was solved already. He was preloaded into lineups. I chose uh, to overstack. More like I was either playing like out of my seven lineups, I played uh two contrarian Mac Jones lineups. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones with uh with Myers, Myers with yep. John U. Smith with uh Brandon Cooks because they projected well. Mm-hmm. And because we had a slate where we didn't have a million fifty plus point total games. Right. So I don't mind and that but then in those lineups I'm able to play Henry Adams, I'm able to play all the one-offs that I want uh, and the secondary correlations. So I was either building that way or I overstacked. And the overstack games that I was overstacking was uh, Dallas, New York, and Tampa Bay, Miami. So like my best lineup in, like in the double spy was Brady, Fournette, Brown, Godwin. So four players and then Waddle and mm-hmm. Gazeki. And then that lineup has, and that lineup still has Madison and yeah. Henry or Adams in it. Like, I mean, like it's still, or Kamara right. I had instead of Henry. And then in the Giants game, I did kind of like Jones, Jones, Galladay, Tony, Engram, Lamb, Elliot. Like, like some type of lineup like that, like a 4-2. Just to like, I want, this game projects well as a group. Mm-hmm. let me play as, but th- these were in the smaller ones. So like the smaller spy, like the spy that's like 5,500 entries. I didn't play this type of lineup because 5,000 is much different than like 800. 
So in the smaller spy, I played one of those. And then in the double spy, I played the Brady overstack lineup. Came in like 59th yeah. or something or whatever. Uh, I chose to do it that way rather than in single entry. Like these guys just project like these lot, like it, it, it was hard for me to run lineups and not get like all these guys in it, no matter what their ownership. Lo- I mean, like to not get Devonte Adams, once you, pl- once you pl- like these Madison, Henry Adams teams for net, even Damian Williams, like just, there's no tight end worth paying up for. So I'm including him in the stack. Yeah. But, so like, it was one of the, it was one of those weeks where in single entry I I thought either I was going to get very different by playing a cheap stack or very different by playing an expensive stack just and just fucking over just like Brady mm-hmm. and everyone and or play that lineup I played one lineup in the power sweep the opposite way so instead of playing Brady in that lineup the same players but I would play Brissett so it's Brissett Waddle Gasicki and I still have Fournette Brown and Godwin in it. But now because I'm going down from Brady to Brissett, I'm now able to upgrade like my flex spot from like AJ Brown to Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. right? Or from Keenan Allen to Al- Alvin Kamara, you know, like I'm doing, you know, so now I could have like two high priced one-offs right. in my lineup. Uh, I don't know if you thought about it th- that way, but assuming from your reaction, uh, if you stacked, uh, if you stacked the Giants Cowboys game, 64 points got scored in the game. Too bad that uh, the players that you had in your lineup didn't even play much of the game. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I, it was kind of an interesting week for me. I will say, so I played three teams, and I did I did uh, fade Madison on one, and, and um, I thought it was interesting. So w- one thing that has sort of triggered me with what DraftKings is doing, and I've had more success on the other sites, um is their, their their high stakes contest has been this mega millionaire, which in theory seems nice. You're like, okay, $4,000 to win a million and it's a smaller, small-ish field, you know, in the 800 range, kind of like you mentioned with the double spot. The problem is it's 33% to first place and it is all the best players on the planet with a bunch of entries. Right, it's <laughs> in, like 23 in, max, right? Or something like that. Right, right. And so like all those guys, so like when, um, why I'm bringing this up is because normally I'll play like the luxury box or you mentioned the game changer. We're talking about 200 people. And so there's still only so many entries that those guys can have. It's a much, much, much smaller field. And so um, there's a lot of different you know benefits for me to that um, that allow me to either, you know, not have to get super fancy or really, really easily leverage and just have to not beat very many people. Right. Or do the overstacking thing. Right. There's a tons of tons of different things in those super small fields. And it's also not quite as top heavy typically. It'd be like 20% to first place or 25% to first place. And they're doing this stupid mega millionaire. So there's like, you know, let's call it just for easy, easy numbers. You know, there's almost a thousand people and it's 33% to first place. And like, like you said, you know, you get, you pay $4,000 to get into the contest in six places uh, as some steak knives, you know, it's like, like, what, what are we even doing here? So in that team that I played into there, I did fade Madison and, but I played the, the Vikings passing game. Um, you know, I just stacked that, you know, I just stacked up the game, brought it back with Hawkinson and, uh, obviously none, none of that works. Adam Thielen didn't have a catch until like the last, the last drive or whatever, whatever it was. But, you know, I, I actually was, was okay with that knowing that 75, I don't know. I don't even remember what Madison's ownership was, you know, 75% of the, the people in there when I'm trying to get this crazy, crazy top heavy against the best players on the planet. Um, I, I went away from Madison and that one. But my thesis was, and I talked about it on, on the Sunday morning show with, with Ben, I was like, unless you are leveraging against Madison, you have to play him. <laughs> like there, there, there's only two, right. there's only reasons for to, to two ways to kind of approach Alexander Madison. And it was, if you wanted to do that, like what I did, I thought that that was, was okay. And if you, and otherwise, like there's really no, there, there's no rhyme or it's not just like, you know, I think that there were reasons to just outright fade Fournette and like not leverage against him or whatever, whether that was right or wrong. But just because of the way that he projected so differently than how Alexander Madison projected. And so, um, yeah, that 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 was my approach. And the only thing that I, I regret is I did have a buck stack and I I, I backed off of it for uh late swap for a late swap team, which ended up being horrible because all the afternoon games were shit besides the chargers and of course that was not the one that i stacked so um yeah it at just kind of the same thing it, it is what it is i i 
I feel like I was close to the right different things. Um, but it was, it was, you know, it was impossible to hit the nuts this week, really. Like even there was a, there was enough people even on the bucks, right? Because, um, how cheap Antonio Brown was, you know, the ETR guys were pumping like Mike Evans and not that they got steamed by any stretch. I thought that they were one of the best tournament stacks there were, but you know, you saw, look at the, the leaderboards. It was a ton of those guys, you know, um, there was enough, there was enough, uh, ownership on kind of each one of these different spots that I, I found it a little bit difficult to pick to pick between them. So I sided a little bit more with like leveraging off of each, like leveraged off Devontae Adams on a team, leveraged off Madison on a team, leveraged off uh, Henry on a team. Right. So I just picked, I picked the wrong, the wrong decision points, but I, I would do some of it again, not all of it again, but I would definitely do some of it again. In, in your, in your cousin stack, what did the, what did the full lineup look like? Um, I obviously I, I can't bring it up in results DB because losing <laughs> entries are anonymous. Yeah, I I, um, I I don't know whether or not to scold you or not because to me, if you're playing that contest, if you're if you're playing a non-Madison lineup, the rest of that lineup should be should be the highest. Like if you're like you said, you played what was your what was your stack? Cousins, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Hawkinson. So to me, if you plug those guys in, like. Like I'll I I still have my my aggregated projections up. Let me let me see. Let me uh, I I want to I want to make this experiment if I could if I could get it. Okay, mm-hmm. based on my projections, I'm gonna lock in cousins, cousins, Thielen. Why is this so slow? We're running the recording software. That's why. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Uh, Thielen and so you're not. I mean. You could technically you could still play Madison in this lineup, but your uh your whole point is that if Madison fails dramatically, it's more likely that it's because the passing game got yep. there and not that right. the Vikings Matt, just just like yeah. died. Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna lock these guys in. I'm gonna remove Madison because he's gonna come up. So based on my projections, you sh- this is what your lineup should have been. If you played all the one-offs, uh, cut, so you have your cousins, Thiel and Jefferson Hawkinson, uh, you'd be playing double tight end. So you'd be playing Fournette, yes. Damien Williams, Devontae Adams, and Ricky Seals-Jones with the Eagles defense. Now I can understand not playing a, uh, a chalky defense. So I'm going to take out, I think this is an interesting thought experiment. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take out the Eagles. I'm going to take out the Washington football team because those you those are the two. If you're paying... If, yep. Especially in a smaller contest, you know the the, the ownerships on defenses get inflated, and the yeah. ownership has nothing to do with the. It's so not correlated to anything. You'd rather just not have them, okay? Yep. So I'm going to take that out. Okay, I'm going to run this. Okay, now okay this this makes a little bit more sense. Uh, so you have your cousins Thielen, Jefferson, Hawkinson. The mm-hmm. one offs would be Fournette, Damian Williams, Robbie Anderson, and Jacoby Myers. And the Texans defense. What did your lineup look like? Well, you're. This is going to hurt this thought experiment because I swapped because I had I had late guys, and so I ended with Chubb, Jacobs, and Tony in in this team. I okay, but, but what did it originally have then? I don't remember. Because <laughs> obviously, because um, obviously, but it was you're afternoon. Sw- it was afternoon guys, and so it is. It is a good point where I didn't. You know, I know I had Damien on this team. Damien was like a guy who I was high on. And it was also like if I'm fading Madison at that, whether this makes any sense or not, but like I'm fading this chalk Madison, like you said, I'm just going to play the best projection in in Damien. And I think I had some correlation with with him, whether it was rugs or or, or something like that. But, yeah, but I think don't you, your but point don't you is think well that's taken. getting a little you're getting fancy play yeah. syndrome there. I, I I think your point is well taken on. Like, why didn't you have that. like if you're fading Madison? Why didn't you just play Fournette? Like, why why didn't you have Fournette? I, I, so so I will I will. Why did you have Devonte Adams in that line? Like, why did you try? I, like, Devontae, why not? I, so I think Devonte is the actual discussion point. I, I I I'm not I'm not as on the 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 Fournette thing because like I think that there I mean. Chubb was 6,700, right? Gibson, we talked about the running back thing in the past before. And like Fournette being the the mega chalk and Giovanni Bernard is, is back. We've talked about how wide open running back is this year. 
I'm not as into um, just forcing the chalk because my team is 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 contrarian, especially at the running back position with what I perceive to be the variance at that position right now. And I actually feel totally fine with that. I think that the I agree to to just uh, to just uh, I I'm I'm asking, and I also agree with like the reason why I played Damian Williams in my cash lineup over Fournette, the Fournette option, is that I thought Fournette's range of outcomes was much wider. Better yeah. out, better offense, more touchdown equity, but with Geo back and Ronald Jones is still around to vulture stuff. That like, if if it wasn't for the fact that Matt, if Madison wasn't there, I would I would have played Fournette. Well, I would have he would have been with Henry mm-hmm. Fournette Williams, and I wouldn't have to worry about it. But with the four hundred dollars difference between the two, if I liked the lot, like really it came down to do I want Daniel Jones? And Fournette, I still needed the hundred dollars somewhere, so I, I I still couldn't even make the Lance, I couldn't make the Lance uh, Fournette lineup and have the money spent anywhere unless I was paying up a defense, or or playing Antonio Brown, which would have been the nut lineup. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, and I didn't want to play Antonio Brown because I thought he was higher variance. Uh, but yeah. uh, but I get to me I under to me I, I was planning before the Madison news to be heavily under Fournette because mm-hmm. he would be. The high he would be higher on than he was in the game changer. He was twenty five percent owned, but I think if Madison wasn't available, he would have been 33 percent yeah. owned. And then it's like that situation's murky enough where like I could pl- I could play Lil- Williams. I like Josh Jacobs. I like James Robinson in that range. I thought there was enough players in that range that you did not have to play Fournette. But my overall question was not obviously you could tell is not based on Fournette. It's based mm-hmm. on once you're fading Madison, who's who's seventy five plus percent owned, and you're playing, uh, uh, the, I mean, and I'm just going by the game changer, not the Millie, but in the game changer at least, Thielen is two percent, and Jefferson is nine percent, and obviously Cousins is four percent. Like, is there a is there a need to like think about leverage in the rest of your lineup for that size of a field? Like outside of the four net thing, like you said, yeah. Why why not get Devontae Adams into that lineup? So I am looking and like there there it's not easy to fit Devontae Adams into this team. So my thesis would be like he's Cousins sixty five hundred, Jefferson seventy seven hundred, Thielen what sixty five hundred, Hawkinson five K something. It's not a lot of remaining. Well, how about how about CeeDee Lamb? Salary. How about LaVisca? How about I mean yeah. how about AJ Brown? I mean, I'm just looking, how about Waddle? I mean, you got Tony in there. I'm just, I'm just looking at the chalk. Jamar Chase, even just, I'm, 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 what I'm, I'm not trying to say. Obviously, you swap because once, once, I mean, once you saw what happened, like zero, right? Then you don't want that. At that point, you actually want to remove as much chalk from your lineup as possible because you're way behind. But the the point that I'm saying is that that from especially with Madison being that high owned in that type of contest. I'm not talking about, you know, in the play action, for instance. I'm the play action Madison was play action is the three dollar twenty max. Madison was twenty three percent owned. Right? So at twenty three percent ownership on Madison, you just lock you just hit that little lock button in the play action and you play them in all twenty lines, right? I mean like like there's no let you're not leveraging anything. Like you'd rather yeah. this guy should be sixty five percent owned. And he's going to be twenty three percent owned, so you just lock him in. But I understand for the 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 four four the the forty four the mega millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you agree with me that once you've done that, your priority is more on projection than on leverage. Like you're, you're like yeah. you just jam in jam in the best plays that you can into the rest of your lineup. It it definitely is. To to a certain point, and th- there's a line to toe in terms of, um, and I'm not good. At, I, I definitely tend to side more with probably on the fancier play side, not whether it's intentional or not or whatever. But um, like in that team, well, a like you said, yeah, you I, switched. I, I, I mean, we I can't swapped, even go by the so team that you have now. I mean, you yeah. completely switched. Um, but I left myself out actually to the Cowboys game, and that was part of part of the plan as well as the 49ers game, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I, I want, I intentionally wanted to do that because like we've talked about with late swap, basically I just leveraged the most important play of the slate, Alexander Madison. If it hits, 
I have this information heading into the afternoon, and it's like, okay, CeeDee Lamb and uh, who, like you said, who are who are the best projected plays? Obviously, that did not happen. So we, it would have been more fun. Well, it obviously would have been a more fun discussion because I would have a lot more money if that would have happened. But uh, it would have been a more fun discussion uh, around that today if if you know it had been a more positive outlook heading into the to the afternoon. But I think as it relates to just jamming in the best projections, we definitely uh, agree. But I do. Um, there's this, like I said, I struggle towing that line on, okay, exactly how much of the chalk should you, should you kind of jam in? And that's why I do kind of wish that it wouldn't have been a, a late swap team. Cause it would have been a better conversation around like, okay, you played whatever, uh, Darnell Mooney on this team. Why you could have just played LaVisca or what, you know what I mean? Right. I would, I think that would have been a more one v one. Like I understand based on the salary constraints of your team, that you probably yeah. couldn't have played Henry or Adams on this team. Right. Right. And obviously these are early. So like, like the game that, that would fill in if you wanted the late swap optionality would be the Cowboys uh, Giants game. So it's like that lineup could have originally had Lamb, Galladay, Elliot, you know, like those types of players, yep. and, you know, like, and then you're like, well, now I can't play Lamb or now I can't play, uh, I mean, I'm just looking down Debo Samuel, but I mean, De- these guys weren't that owned. No. That, that's why that's why I question even leaving all those many spot. Like so much of the chalk was early. Yeah. That like you're already leveraging off the chalk and then still not like if, because once you don't play Madison and you're playing, paying up for that stack and Hawkinson, like I would, I would have thought that that the lineup that would have made more sense, but I think you did it for a reason is to play Swift as the run back. Yeah, I played Swift elsewhere. elsewhere. But don't you um, think it makes sense in that line? You're already getting, you're does. already fading Madison, a 75% owned guy, like, and you're paying up at tight end, which no one else is doing. Like, but you're already doing what no one else is doing, which is not playing Madison and playing the direct negative correlation. Why not use right. that that reasoning to fill that running back slot there with Swift? Because most people that are playing Swift are not playing the cousin stack anyway. They're just playing mm-hmm. Swift as a one-off. Like I, th- I, I'm questioning that you're, you're making a lineup with just in an 863 player tournament that just is like, like, dude, this, this line, this, this, the original version of your lineup, like is, I, is too contrarian. It's, it, it's more contrarian than my slant lineups. <laughs> that I played like, I, that, that that's kind of the point that I'm making. Like once you, once you, if Madison, let's say, was 30% owned, and it, let's say Madison was 7,500, so, like, that would have made sense that he's only 30% owned, and he would yeah. be the highest owned player, and you did that? It's like, okay, like, you're getting leverage, but you're not getting, like, insane leverage, but when the guy's 75% right. owned, you're getting such insane leverage that if Cousins goes out and throws for four touchdowns, and Madison's sitting there with eight points while Jefferson has 34 and Thielen has 23 and Hawkinson has a hundred yard game with a touchdown. Like, dude, like, like you're that whole combat. You're, you may be in first place in the, in the four forty four whatever before the, before the fucking four o'clock <laughs> games even start. So at that point you're plugging in Damian Williams, you're plugging in CD land. Like, like, so why, why is, why, why was even like rugs even in the, like the original, like you, it just seems completely over leveraged for that, for the Madison fade. If you were fading, let's say CeeDee Lamb, um, let me bring up the Millie, the mega Millie ownership. See, so while you're looking, while you're but, looking but you, at that. You, I, I, at least you're on, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging I, you to the, yeah. the, to the construction, the original one, not the swapped one. Right. And, and I don't have a problem. Yeah. I don't have any problem with that. I, see, I, I think. And I, I could be cer- certainly wrong. I would like to hear thoughts thoughts on this. That for these specific contests, I would rather. I mean, we're we're talking about. I I just pulled up the contest and the contest the contest details. It, it is four. It's a, so it's seven hundred and sixty seven entries. And if you get tenth place, you get like nothing. It's a million. It's a million dollars to first place. It is thirty three percent of the prize pool is is to first place. And again against all of these 
best like like you know Osimo has this maxed and you know well he doesn't have yeah, this maxed but, but you know what I mean. But Eric, but, Utical has but this if, maxed. if if your if your stack works and Madison fails, you've you've eliminated seven. It's it, he was seventy three percent owned. Mm-hmm. Now let's say you don't play Adams also, which is you couldn't get Adams or Henry I in based on him. your construction. Okay, Correct. so Adams in the Mega Millionaire was forty two point five percent owned. Mm-hmm. Henry was thirty six point nine percent owned. So you're telling me you're trying to you're trying to pass this off that in a lineup that you already could not play these three players because you're fading Madison and you can't fit in the other two. That enough lineups won't be dead for you to win first place just playing the rest of your lineup being Chuck. I mean, look at these. You're fading the three highest owned guys. Not at like oh the three highest owned guys are twenty four, twenty six, and twenty eight percent owned. It's like loot. The combination of all these lineups, I I'll, I could pull up the maybe you pull up the CSV and run it in Excel. It's quite possible that if all three of these fail, out of the eight hundred, how many eight hundred sixty three lineups in the contest, it's quite possible that eight hundred and twenty of them are dead. I mean, like like you've already killed all those lineups. So now what? You how much more different do you have to get from the other forty lineups in the contest to, to win? Right, but who says? But who says I'm getting I'm getting different? I have these four spots available to me to play the best project. Right, if I wanted to play Damian Williams, if I wanted to play C.D. Lamb, if I wanted to play Amari Cooper, if I wanted to play Kenny Galladay, if I wanted to play Saquon Barkley, all that was available to me. Right, right. So, but, right. but those would be the players. I wouldn't be thinking about playing Henry Ruggs across from Damian Williams. Right, but I originally. didn't play Henry Ruggs. I'm 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 saying. I had those options okay. available to me, right? This would That's be so I mean. much better like, conversation if we if you remembered what your original lineup was. Well, it 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 would have been a really really low scoring lineup. We know that uh, that by far. But like, also the point for me is how I kind of approach late swap is like I don't have it. There's not a locked in lineup. Like I, I legit will have my computer open and be like tinkering the whole time leading up until that afternoon, depending upon like I have gone through tons of different permutations of of that team. But to your point, like you said, I have I have made a stance against those couple of chalk guys. Now, however, that plays out for me in those first two and a half hours of the slate is what is going to dictate. dictate yeah, but you're, you're my, also but my by doing so, you're relying on the fact that you've now limited your options to whatever the late games are. Yeah, and I, but but and you're, th- fi- and you're fine were, with that, and I'm fine with that because okay. I mean those were some of the best plays, right? Damian right. Williams was chalked for a reason. C.D. Lamb was chalked for a reason. I mean, we saw what the Chargers and Browns game, Browns game did. I thought that you know obviously the Trey Lance and the Cardinals game was what the one of the highest totals, if not the highest total on the slate. I thought that there were that there were ton tons of options. I think it's an interesting. It's actually a pretty interesting discussion around exactly kind of how to handle those. And and like I said, I. That is the biggest difficulty, and it goes back to a little bit of like the guesswork thing that we have, where I know that I'm guessing on on certain things, and I all, almost always tend to side more with, okay, how do I leverage against these guys even a little bit more, knowing that when I'm going to make a mistake, because I'm not going to be perfect, right? I don't have a mathematical equation to, do, to drive these decisions for me personally. Knowing I, if I'm going to make a mistake, I want it to be on the side of, how am I pulling more levers, you know, like into my theoretical levers into into my into my, you know, favor. And so that's just like my general process. And so it does create this kind of in, interesting back and forth where it's like, well, you could have just jammed Fournette and and whoever, you know, in, into this into this lineup. Why didn't you? And I'm like, well, I, I'm when in that situation, I am almost always opting for the lower ownership or the late or the optionality or whatever, like to a fault. I, and I know it like <laughs> no one knows it more than me that it is sometimes a hindrance to me, but because of just kind of like how I, how I process things, I, I almost always tend to side on, on, on that, you know, side of things. I would rather have right, whether this is right or wrong. Basically, if I'm getting to decide this team that I play this, this game stack and a bunch of 1% guys, Versus this this game stack and uh, and and be like okay I understand I'm leveraged and I'm just gonna jam in you know the chalk around it I would rather side on the the the, the lower ownership side like as a tiebreaker obviously I would ra- I would much rather be perfect and thread that needle but I understand 
just as a part of how my process is, I'm, I'm almost never going to do that. So I tend to go, you know, swing that direction. And sometimes it is too far that, that direction. So like you questioning it is not like, it's something that I do every Sunday. I question, I question like how can, like, are you getting too contrarian type of thing? Um, every, every single Sunday. And like, I'm comfortable the fact that I do sometimes to get, get too contrarian, but that's a, um, it's a, it's kind of a fun conversation. I feel like. Right, because well, I'm not. Because the one thing that I'm not questioning is you're fading Madison. Yeah, which is really like, funny. That's, the, that's the leverage. Like, for, right. I, I get. Yeah. But the point is, once you once you fade a 75 percent on guy, which and you build a lineup that can't include the 42 percent and 39 percent on guy, it's like, mm-hmm. like to me, the last of my lineup is like, what are the best plays? Like by default, yeah. like at that at that extent. But we've had slates like last last week, the week before. Well, the ownership was much less condensed. It was much more spread out. Yep. Yep. So there's no leverage point. So now, now everyone's owned to some extent where you could just kind of play the blessed plays and kind of go a little down here, a little up there. Uh, but uh, if you're if you're the if you're the type of person that pulls leverage points, I get pulling like you pulled all three at once, and then yeah, and then like well. I don't know if it's enough. It's it, dude. It's enough, dude. It's enough in the large field stuff. It's like, and it wasn't that it wasn't enough. It was that like, I, I and I do. The other thing is that like the, the optionality thing, I think that's my biggest. I think you overvalue to, it too much. I do. I, th- I, 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 th- I think so too. Um, I, I definitely agree. Um, well, that not over. I, I, I think you, the, I think a better way to put it, Eric, for like this specific case, I think you, you, over, I still think you overvalue it, but I also think that you dedicate too many spots. I think that that's the, like that. there's yes, yeah. it's first really fine to say I'm going to play what you played, the the Talkinson and the the cousin stack, but that like that doesn't rule out the fact that maybe you want why not fill one of the running back spots with someone with with uh, uh, Najee Harris, right with uh, with yep. uh, d- with with James Robinson. Right? I mean, there are op- there are options that are not Damian Williams or Josh Jacobs or whoever's in the late games, Elijah Mitchell, whoever, that project well. Like Najee projected well, Fournette project. Maybe you don't want to play Fournette. Fine, I get it. But someone, I mean, like, I understand not playing a defense because defenses are variant. Maybe you want to be able to go up and down somewhere. But like, yep. but just the reaction of, I'm going to make this one decision and leave five spots open for only four games that are available it's like you're limiting yourself to the one-off. Who says you couldn't have played a Jamar Chase one-off in that line? Like, right? If that—that's why to me, it's easier to make that lineup, that contrarian cousins lineup, and then put in the chalk, knowing that okay, let me see what the chalk is, and it's like, well, I don't want to play Fournette, so just take him out and replace it with a late player, and then leave the other guys in and go. Well, I guess in this lineup, I have a chase one-off, or I have uh, I have uh, 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 James Robinson one-off, or I have AJ Brown one-off, because they still all project good. So you're not forced to pick five players out of just four games, because you've mm-hmm. now capped yourself out of any good player that did well in the like anything outside of your stack doing well is you you've you've eliminated. It was a what a twelve-game slate. Like you've eliminated seven games and said, well, I hope no one does well in any of those games. Like, like you've automatically limited yourself. What happens if those four o'clock games aren't good games? What happens if a one o'clock, like that Tampa Bay Miami game, like there's no reason why you could just say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play Waddle in this lineup. He projects well. Yeah. Like there's no, like it, it doesn't mean that you have to fill up other spots, but just the, 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 the stubbornness of like, I'm going to play the the Vikings stack and the run back and then see what happens. It's like, you could do that and still fill two other spots in your lineup with people and then go, I have a three V three. I, I have CD lamb, Damian Williams and a defense going for four o'clock. If this lineup works out, I leave it as it is. If the lineup doesn't work out, let me see what the swaps are without having to need five swaps. And now you have three swaps. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think that that's like, it's it's easy to say. I I don't go in just to be clear. I don't go in and say, okay, I'm playing this stack and I'm not. I, I refuse to play anyone from from the the early games. That's not like 
my my plan of attack. Sometimes it works out that way. And I definitely do value, like I said, probably too much um, some of the some of the optionality. But A, I, I thought that the afternoon games were arguably the best ones on the slate. And we could argue the most underowned games of the slate outside of, I guess, the Cowboys. But even like the Cowboys stuff fell back in ownership because of what we saw with, you know, Madison came in and that pushed up all of the, you know, and Devontae Parker was out, right? Pushed up all these different guys outside of that game that um, it's like, I'm not making decisions based solely on what time the game starts. And they'd be like, yeah, you could just plug in Waddle. I, I, I agree. But like, I also want it to make sense within a, within a, a team that I have, as opposed to just saying, you know, th- like I said, there's this, there's this towing of a, of a line where it's like, yeah, you could just run the optimal around, around that team. But like, I'm also only playing, it's not like I ignored this game or I ignored the early slate across all my lineups. You know what I mean? Um, I think there's definitely a conversation to be had around like, you know, one or two spots and how exactly how, how many points, you know, of, of projection, you know, maybe it was being given up in order to have optionality. I think that's more of the point that's, that I, I, I in yeah. my opinion, and like I said, I'm guessing to some extent, me too. That that, <laughs> in my opinion, you gave up too much projection for what you were doing. I, I, that's I se- that's that, essentially that. the point that I'm, I'm not. That's that's why to 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 be clear, it's not a correct or incorrect thing. It's a it's a threshold thing, and it's like based on the, your original lineup for the contest that you were playing. I think you gave up too much projection for the amount of leverage that you were gaining. I think once you faded Madison. And you couldn't play Adams or Henry. That the projection was already... I mean, even at that point, that may have been too much for... I mean, literally, you may have been at the point where fading all three guys was negative EV immediately. Like, mm-hmm. maybe there was no amount of leverage that you could have gained right. by fading all three. Maybe that was a mistake in and of itself. We don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it is or not. But it's more likely that you gave up so much rejection to not play those three guys that you should have over-prioritized keeping your projection up as much as possible because you've yes. given up too much. So what we're d- discussing is more of where that th- where that line is. And I believe that you went over the line. And maybe when you were building the lineup, you didn't think you were going over the line. So at the time, you thought that projection was worth the leverage you were getting. And what I'm saying is that I don't I don't think that it was. And here's here's where knowingly, A, to your point, I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was going in to the lineup was like, I know I'm towing this line, but, I, you know, like I said, I, I do swing sometimes too far that way. So, like, this is a useful conversation because these are the things that I that I that I think about. And sometimes I take it like said, you, too, too, too far. One th- I would did you did to, you go in? Did you do you at least go? Did you go in? Did, uh, do I have to scold you? Did you go, at least go in and like. If I fade Madison and plug in these, like what I just did with the Optima, and just see what the projection was, and no, the difference because between I, the two? I, no, because I finished my freaking show on Sunday morning and got like twenty minutes, and I made sure to polish <laughs> up all of my cash teams, and then I was like telling myself, I'm like, okay, I'm making one team that's fate. Like I had decided, I'm like, I'm leveraging off of Madison. Here's the mistake. Here's what, like as we've talked about this, and, and this, and I thought about this on Sunday morning too. I think it was both of the Vikings expensive receivers because of what you said in terms of how I was getting the leverage by playing a cousin stack period end of discussion, right? Whether that was with both of those receivers using KJ Osborne. Uh, right. I, know, would, I would think that would be much better if you, that, instead of feeling use Osborne, I mean, and do that, something and, like and, that. And, and, and I know that I looked at that and I, and I landed on this Thielen team. And I think that was the mistake, which is that is in turn where I gave up the per, too much of the projection because, right, so because you can't get Adams or Henry being, now. Because at least exactly. with the Osborne, if, if you played Osborne over one of them, probably over Thielen, or you played Swift over Hawkinson, which allows you to now play a Ricky Seals-Jones, yep. you would have been able to get Adams or Henry, one of the two, into your lineup, which raises your projection high enough that if you wanted to get kind of a little bit funky in the rest of your lineup a little bit more, I could, I could at least step back and go... 
maybe I still would have jammed in the best projection fading Madison. Yeah. But at least you're getting Adams or Henry in there and it's keeping you above that line. So I think maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're right that the double stack like that just forced you out of a non Madison Adams, Henry lineup. And at that point you put yourself in such of a hole in in a smaller field contest that just like, if you played this late uh, a thousand times, you're still not going to be profitable that way. Right. And it's this, it, it, it's the, the 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 guesswork and the theoretical part of this that made it difficult on me in a in a, in a limited time. Right, we got so we, we get inactives right when I'm going on a goddamn show on Sunday mornings, and then afterwards, of course, when we get a Madison, you know, a Dalvin Madison thing, there's a limited amount of time to make this, and I didn't process it well, um, which is like a good you know a good lesson learned for me. But anybody else listening that you're trying to think about these things, when there were the projections like we had on Madison, Devontae Adams, and and Derrick Henry, my, and this is where I screwed up, my going in thought was, okay, Madison in this contest, this this mega millionaire is going to be 75% owned. And that's pretty much what he came in, came in at. I'm like, okay, so I want to consume all of the touch, like I want to consume all of this production from the Vikings in the event that Madison fails, right? However, there and th- and that that's f- I actually that's fine that that general line of thinking I think is fine. However, there's pricing, right? Right. <laughs> there, right there, there's that, a right. salary it's, cap. Exactly. You know what I mean? And there's and there's other contextual factors about the slate, like Devontae Adams, like Derrick Henry, like I mean we could go down the list elsewhere, right? Like the fact that there were punt tight ends, or there was Darren Waller. Like there was all these different other contextual factors about the slate, which in turn made using both Thielen and Jefferson, even though. The, the logic of I'm just going to consume all right. If it's all through the passing game, I'm going to get all these guys, but I'm going to give up so much because of what I can't do at the other spots in my lineup. Right. I could not get Derrick Henry or Devontae. You, you can't afford them. <laughs> you know, you can't, or you could afford probably Devontae, but then you're still giving up so much projection because the other guys on your team are so shitty. Right. Cause you're they're min. It's like a min price wide receiver and, and whatnot. And so it was, it was a, a a perfect example of like pulling all these different levers that actually are like really, really good things to pull, like doing a lot, but screwing up the a, a tiny little portion of that that just like took me out of took me drawing way too thin. Right. I was just drawing way, way, way too thin, even though I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to draw thin based on the leverage point that I'm making. But it, it took me it compounded um too much of that by including the other one more expensive piece in that stack and it's like it was frustrating because i i know that and that's how i always build too right is like i don't really do like premium double stacks even sometimes when i probably should because i'm i'm like so cognizant of the the salary thing and and that was um and i'm glad that we kind of talked through it because i i you know that was i think kind of where where it really where it really went wrong not even like some of the leverage points or ownership that that's what that's what really buried me okay so i i just as a thought experiment uh to close out the show it'll be a short show uh so i plugged in i'm using my aggregated projections so obviously we may be using different stuff but it's probably yeah. close and close enough right uh mm-hmm. okay so if i just if i'm just running optimals so i'm, I'm plugging in cousins Thielen, jefferson hawkinson yeah and i run the optimal from there which includes uh i want to make sure i got everyone in here uh, uh excluded. Make sure. So I excluded. And you weren't playing. Okay, let we'll we'll put in the defenses also because they 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 still count. So okay, even though you're probably gonna fade one of the, the chalk cheap defenses. Yeah, I played anyway. the Cowboys defense. Right. Okay, but let but just from pro- projection standpoint. So with your stack in and no Madison. Uh, I get the, the one-offs I get are Fournette, Williams, Adams, Seals, Jones, and you're playing double tight end. Ah, okay. Okay. In Eagles defense. And the projection would be a little, uh, 135.67. Okay. So now let's say you didn't play Hawkinson and you played Swift instead. Mm -hmm. Okay. The projection should be pretty good on this one, I would think. Right. So the first one was 135. This one with Swift in, 137.72. And you're playing 
still double tight end with Gazicki and Engram, but you're still getting Adams in there. You're playing Fournette and Adams. Okay? So now let's let's say we take out Swift and we take out uh and we put back Hawkinson. So we keep it original. But now I take out Thielen and I put in Osborne, right? Because yeah. we're looking at that. Yep. Okay. So I'm gonna go over to wide receiver and put in Osborne. Osborne. Okay, now let's take a look at this. I run it again, 137.5. So it's very similar to the Swift lineup. And it, this is the lineup. It's uh, Cousins, Osborne, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Eagles defense. You're able to get Fournette, Williams, eight, a- Antonio Brown, and Devontae Adams. Now imagine playing that. Imagine playing. Imagine you did this in the 444. <laughs> Fournette, 21 points. Daryl, uh, uh, Damien Williams, 15. Osborne, like four points or something. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson got like 19 or whatever. Antonio Brown got 34. Adams got 40. Hawkinson didn't do much. Like this Eagles got 12. Maybe this lineup min catches, maybe possibly. Yeah. Uh, now let's say I take out Hawkinson and I put in Swift. So like, that's the best combination. Right. Right, so we're, so we're playing Osborne, Jefferson, Swift, Cousins. And I run it, and it comes out to 139.67. And you're playing Cousins, you're playing that Cousins, Osborne, Jefferson, Swift with Damien Williams, who you liked, uh, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Mike Gazicki, Eagles defense. Like, doesn't that set, do, do, I mean, from a projection standpoint, like you're playing chalkier stuff, but like Osborne's not going to be owned. Jefferson, yeah. cuz I mean, you're not playing Madison. Jacoby Myers wasn't that owned. So like, who cares? Like to, to, to me, like this is a much like if you would have went through this process, I think you would have maybe not played these exact players. Maybe you didn't want to play Jacoby Myers. Maybe you didn't want to play Leonard Fournette early. But I think you would have been able to see that by playing the way that you played, that you couldn't get Adams or Henry. And would have at least seen, like, well, let's say I take out Thielen and put in Adams instead. Like, what does that lineup look like? Even as a skinny stack. Or what does this lineup look without Hawkinson and put Swift instead? And at least at that point, you could have chosen and said, oh, if your choice was, no, I prefer the non-Henry, non-Adams, then fine. But uh, is that a mistake? I don't know. I think it's more of the fact of a preparation Mm-hmm. I think I think I I think you're good enough that if you would have thought it out a little bit further from after doing a show and having to deal with the Madison new projection and everything, I I think I think you would have you would you would have saw that you you were giving up way too much projection for the amount of leverage yep. that you get. I, I I think so too. I definitely didn't um, didn't plan for Dalvin being out, and maybe that was just a a terrible mistake, and uh, that is 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 what it is, but. It does go to the point of like, like, hey, I mean, I know that uh, like we all we <laughs> we all make some good teams. And so I actually had a, a, a time on Sunday morning where I probably had some pretty good teams and then we swap on to some shitty ones. But it's like there is this balancing act that is hard, even going through even using the projections. Right. It's easy to say after the fact when Devontae Adams has a 40 ball and Madison has a 30 ball and and Derrick Henry scores three touchdowns. It's like, well, you should have just jammed in the chalk alongside there. And maybe that is still true. Right. They were the best. They were the the best, the best plays on the flip side. It's like, OK, um, here was my plan of attack and here's all the levers that I was pulling on this team. Um, we established, right? I, I definitely think that the Thielen thing or Jefferson, whichever one you would want to include or exclude uh, on, on that stock, I think was the the mistake and prohibitive from a, a you know just a roster construction perspective. But it is so funny to kind of see after the fact, like how you have to thread this needle, right? Between what is, you know, and we talked about this in the past, like some people have, you know, a mathematical process for determining exactly how much, you know, what is the appropriate amount of leverage. And, and I definitely don't, but I like, I still, I still am, am going to side with more leverage and using more, pulling more of these levers that I have available to me in, in a specific contest 
like this. And like to my like to the point I said earlier, it's like on the other teams, like dude, I just played Madison on every uh, on on every other team. I had Devontae Adams on one team, you know, like it was. Uh, th- this lineup happened to be the one that I played in that specific contest that um, I definitely you know had regrets about. But it's also like I think it was a really good illustration and good, like like you said, mental uh, you know mental thought experiment to walk through and be like, okay, look at the, just the tiny little things that you might be able to to change as you go as you're going through your process of okay, you got this leverage point, you got that. Here was your here was your optionality plan or whatever. What if we did this? What if we did that? Right. And, right. and what does the it, whole lineup and look? It. And what does the whole lineup look like? Because because yep. like like. I said I'm not arguing the the fade Madison and play the negatively correlated passing stat. Yeah. Like it's just like okay now what does the rest of your lineup look like cuz that negatively correlated passing stack could look pul- multiple different ways cuz we yeah. just went through the multiple different ways. But yeah. if you went through the multiple different ways you'd go well if I play Thielen and Jefferson together the projection is 10 points lower than all these other lineups and I don't get the chalk Adams or or Henry in there I may be in trouble. Or you may have saw that, oh, in order to do this, I need double tight end. And it's something that you would have never thought about because it's like, why am I playing double tight end? And you go, yep. maybe it does fit this way. I mean, like that's what that's what would have got me, I think, to realize is seeing the fact that to make this thing work, you need double tight end and knowing what we know right. about. Right. Once you see that if you need double tight end to make it work, it probably is not a good thing to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely giving up too much when you need Ricky Seals Jones in the flex <laughs> to, to make a lineup work. Oh, oh. Man, that's... but you enjoy. We're, we're not. I'm not ragging on you or anything, right? I, I don't mind. I, I I don't mind. And like, dude, nobody is more open about like. I'm not an expert. At, like, you know, I'm not. I'm not perfect at, at any at any of this shit. It's helpful for me. It's right. helpful. You would have lost that. No matter which way you went, you would have lost, right? I played. Yeah. I, I mean, I faded the, the, the nearly hundred percent owned guy that you know went for six times his salary, and and uh, <laughs> Adam Thielen didn't have a catch until the <laughs> the last drive. And if oh, you didn't want to play Adam Thielen, you wanted KJ Osborne. He didn't do shit either. So <laughs> like, uh, none, none of it mattered. But it, it is it is a good um, kind of you know. Just like you said, thought exercise to go to go through. I actually thought it was really, really helpful. Hopefully, other people kind of thought like, okay, if I do this, if I, you know, if I do that, because it is hard. We talk like I say it all the time. Like I'm doing theoretical things, and even when you look at projections and you're trying to to apply these theoretical concepts, there's no there's no exact way to do that, right? Like there's no exact it, correct. There's no like correct. Yeah. Like it's it's all on a scale, and that's why when people ask like, what? Look at my lineup. Was that a correct line? Like. There's no such thing as a correct lineup. I could say, like, I think this, I think this is over leveraged for the. I think you didn't need this much. This could still be yeah. a profitable lineup, but it's so high variance that it's like you could have made 500 other lineups that were, that were, equally as profitable but less variant less. than these yep. weird lineups for the contest that you're playing. Or it could be the type of thing that someone looks at. I look at it and go, this this seems way too chalky for. For you to win first place, like you have great min cash equity, but not enough first place equity. Do I know how much first act place equity? No, I don't. I'm not doing the exact calculation, <laughs> right. but it's like I'm experienced enough to know that probably you're not playing 140% total ownership lineup into the Millie Maker and expecting to win, like slamming, like, like all the chaw. Like, it's like, well, but I got different in one spot. It's like the dude, like, this is a lineup that is barely, I would find barely playable in the game changer and right. <laughs> it's much more viable in the game changer than it is in, in the, in the, in the play in the 20 max play action with 560,000 lineups that, that it, that it's the hardest contest to win. But that, but that's the game that we're playing. But that essentially that's the, that is the theory of DFS is, yep. you know, where's the EV of a lineup comparing projection to ownership and where, what are those levers and where's the line? Right. And what if you're good, if even if you don't have a mathematical process, I don't. I, I use blunt method methodology. You use yep. more, even more blunt methodology than I do. I use some type of mathematical process, but even then I'm kind of guessing on the range. And then once I find the range, I'm like, jam the range, right? Just how many lineups fit like this? What combinations yep. can I make and how diverse can I be so I don't go broke doing so? Uh, and if you're better at guessing in that range, you're going to be profitable. If you're worse, you're not going to be profitable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'll if I did some type of simulation methodology, I'd be more precise. 
But looking, I download the CSVs. I look the result, results DB. When, uh, when I look in the slant, when I look in the, which is the contest that I play, when Madison is 53% owned in the slant and 23% owned in the play action and 35% owned in the Millie Maker when he should be 60 plus percent owned, there's enough dead money in there that I don't have to be precise, right? I, I, could, I could be yep. directionally accurate just fine. And that's why, and that's why to, to, to wrap up, like I mentioned, the, when I make errors in my contest, it is pretty much always given the contest that I'm playing, the people that I'm playing against the payout structures of these stupid ass contests, I am erring on the side of taking it too far. Right. Of, and, and I will err on the side of giving up too much projection. And that seems crazy i know like i don't know like, i i agree with you i i'm i yeah. i'm more most of the people same would be I, like what are you doing you right know? I, like why would you do that because i'm i'm less likely if someone showed me their 150 set and it was 150 cash lineups i said i would have much rather you shown me 150 lineups that have a 40 percent communal of ownership right <laughs> i would have that had that give up 30 points of projection because it's like dude yeah. if you're uh, and they're playing like the millie maker i'm like dude this 150 set of like 150 cash lineups is like Dude, you're just throwing away money. Like you're just gonna bleed all your money away doing it this way. At least with the other 150 set, you're you're pro- you're still bleeding. You're 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 gonna you're gonna lose money with these lineups. But maybe one of maybe you get lucky you, in one of these hit. You ha- yeah, you're not you gonna get lucky with the other the 150 yeah. cash lineups. You're either gonna split yep. first place or you're never gonna like it's never getting there. These lineups. I mean, you'll, yes, you'll come in 187th place and be happy or something. But you're not you're not gonna win. So yes, I I agree with you, and we talk about this uh, in the in the theory of daily fantasy sports, which you could pick up the fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.